This episode is brought to you by Apple Tree Flat, custom-made clothing for cowgirls. Work hard, look fabulous. Find them on Instagram at appletreeflat underscore nz. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about what happens to your service-based business or your small business in general when your local area goes into lockdown. We have been very fortunate in that we've not had to go into ongoing lockdowns in our local area. We have, however, experienced the ebbs and flows that go along with lockdowns, be them in other areas or even in other states. So as always, we've got my husband, Brian, here with us today to discuss how the lockdowns have affected our personal businesses. And then we'll welcome in today's amazing guest, Meg Kennedy from Marketing Directive. Meg is someone I've worked with over the years and her local area in Western New South Wales has been in lockdown for several weeks. We'll discuss how the lockdown has affected her business and what she has done to pivot and keep serving her clients despite those restrictions. So let's jump into today's episode. Brian. How are you today, Sarah? Good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Went for a drive this morning and uh, went down to a local uh, True Blue camping hardware and was going in there to have a look at some uh, metal detector. And unfortunately, they were out the front cleaning up some broken glass because they'd been broken into. Oh, that's terrible. It is. It's very terrible. So, um, if anyone around in the Mackay area is out and about, get in and support True Blue Camping and Hardware. Yeah, absolutely. So, lockdowns. How many lockdowns have we experienced? Yeah, so as I said, in March of 2020, we were locked down along with the rest of the country. Yeah. However, since then, we haven't really experienced a, any hard lockdowns. We've had one lockdown, I suppose, which wasn't really a lockdown of movements as such. It was more mask wearing and those sorts of restrictions. But very recently, we traveled to the Sunshine Coast for a a very good friend's wedding, which was unfortunately impacted by restrictions. And then because we'd been in a zone um, that was in lockdown, we then had to lock down back at our place of residence for a week. So other than that, we have been really lucky in this region. What effect does all the lockdowns have on West of the Ways? Um, Not just just us us when we had our little lockdowns here, but all the lockdowns in other states, other countries. How does that affect your business? Well, it does have an effect. I think if you were an outsider looking in, like say looking at the books of West of the Ways, it's quite... It's quite obvious to see when there has been a lockdown. And I think that's because people, initially people get a little bit scared. So as soon as any lockdowns have been announced, you definitely will see a drop off in sales, particularly from that region. Because West of the Waves is an online based business. So our customers are not just from this local area. I actually think my biggest customer base is in New South Wales. Yeah, and they're in lockdown, what, number 10 now? No, no, no. It's Victoria that's been into multiples. Yeah. Yeah. Um, New South Wales has really, this is really their only one since that one at Christmas time, Um, but it's been an extended period at this time. Yeah, but I, I honestly think, I don't know if it goes with population, but... 
Our biggest amount of orders come out of New South Wales, closely followed by Victoria. Then I think we've probably got around about the same, or Queensland would be next, third in line. And then we probably get a similar amount from Western Australia and the Northern Territory. Then South Australia, Canberra and Taz. We definitely get a few from Tasmania as well. So our business is definitely affected when these lockdowns are announced because the orders are coming from all over the place. So yeah, when people hear that there's a lockdown going to happen, I think that they go back to what do they really need to survive? You know, food, that sort of thing. So they're not really thinking about presents or outfits, whatnot. They're sort of back to basics. Yeah. Which is, that's completely understandable as well, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, it sort of happens around here differently, but if a cyclone or a weather event is announced around these parts, that's exactly what you see from people. Yeah, you'll see the the stores stripped bare. Um, It's like there's never ever going to be another loaf of bread made in Mackay. (laughs) All right, so do you think... It's getting better or do you think it's getting worse? Oh, look, I think I don't think it's getting any worse. I think it's staying the same. I think every time that a lockdown is announced, people behave in the same way. There's that fear of what what is going to happen. But I think that the the longer and longer that this goes on as a country – the, the greater the impact is. This is having a really big impact on small businesses. That's having an impact on every business, not just small business. Yeah, I think so. But, oh, and here is a point where I don't want to be too controversial, but you do still see people obviously going out and shopping at the biggest supermarket brands, or you might see people going to Bunnings to do some home improvements. So people are still still spending money in those larger stores and I'm by no means saying that I don't think that they are affected because I think that they definitely are but I think it's the little mum and dad shops who can't open who might have a niche type industry you know a a food and beverage establishment that can't be opened those guys are really really being hit hard yeah you were showing me the um, YouTube or or is it Instagram of that um, small country pub yeah the Kalei Hotel yeah Do a shout out when it reopens, get out there and visit them, people. Definitely. I've added those guys onto the list and they're they're probably a good example of somebody who's doing something differently to get their business seen. It's not going to affect them right now because they are a pub. They serve pub meals, they serve beers and wines and they can't open at this time. So their ability to make an income is zero. So what those guys are doing at the Kalei Hotel is they are making reels on their Instagram account and I highly recommend if you come from a sort of a country background and well not even if you come from a country background but if you're familiar with a country pub I think you should definitely go and check out their Instagram page I'm pretty sure they're at Kolai Hotel C-O-L-L-I-E Hotel check their reels out they are so funny so it's Tom and M I don't know these guys somebody shared their Instagram with me and their reels just resonated with me so much because they were hilarious hilarious. They do little skits about, you know, what customers say versus what they might like to say to a customer, you know, things that they like about the pub. They do spin-offs about, you know, graziers coming in and saying how much they've sold their lambs for um, and then complaining about the price of lamb cutlets on the menu. But they're just getting 
themselves out there in a hilarious way. They're really connecting with their customers. People are sharing them far and wide. And I think that in the future, they will get a lot of customers that will drop in there and want to meet them or want to be a part of what they're doing. And even though what is happening to them with their business being shut down would be absolutely gut-wrenching, they don't they can't make an income at the moment because they, you know, can't serve food, can't serve drinks, can't have customers of any shape. They can't have people staying in their hotel rooms, but they are continuing to get their name out there and share what they do. And I, I really hope um, that the public pay them back when they can open their doors. And I think that they really will. But I, I just thought it was such an interesting, funny clever way for them to keep themselves front of mind and even find a new clientele. Yeah. yeah we're, we're making our own little list of things, what we're going to do in the in the near future. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's something that everyone can do. It, um, you know, have a look at where we might go in the future when things open up, because I think I'm really starting to realize on a personal level that there's a lot of places and a lot of experiences adventures. and adventures that you can do here that I didn't even really know about. So yeah, that's that, the beauty of social media is if you can really tap into it, you can start to find out about these things that are in your backyard that you didn't know about. Yeah, recently I had um, a couple of friends from from my work that took a year off and it was right at the start of the lockdown and they got stuck in Queensland and they said, well, mate, we spent three months just traveling around Queensland and it was it was unbelievable. They they loved it, um, and then they made their way up in the Northern Territory, over to WA, and then back down through South Australia. And then uh, because of the lockdowns down in Victoria and New South Wales, they had to cut back through from South Australia, Northern Territory, back into Queensland that way. But uh, they did a fair lap in a year. Mm. Um. So all being fair and equal, businesses will they'll recover from this. Oh, I think so. They, you know. I definitely think there will be businesses that can't recover from this. Um, you know, there have been small businesses that have had to close, mm -hmm. which is just dreadful, and I feel for them. I really do. I feel for them makes me feel sick, but um, I do think that businesses will recover, but I think that something that we need to do is bring the awareness to people to support those small businesses because if we don't support them, then they won't be there. What can we do as as customers, as as supporters of small business, what can we do to support them? Well, I think that it's really important to know, and this is me coming from, you know, the perspective of I'm the owner of West of the Waves. That is a way that I make income for our family. And every single like, every single comment, every single time that someone shares one of my posts, I am so, so appreciative of that. And I show my appreciation by resharing posts or commenting back or writing messages back to people. But I think that, you know, sometimes if you're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, you think that if you just like a post that maybe it doesn't have that much effect. Well, I can tell you that it does because just the simple act of liking something or sharing it or telling someone about a business might bring awareness to my business. It might bring a sale to my business. It might bring a new customer to my business. And I'm 
really, really appreciative of that because I think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the fact that there's a person behind a business. Yeah, and it might give you that little pickup too to, gives me to a keep pick going. Up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you see the little memes on Instagram and whatever where they say each time a sales come through on a small business that an actual person does a happy dance. I can tell you that I do that. If I get it, if I'm in the, you know, down one end of the house in the bedroom or something and Brian's out in the kitchen and I get a sale, I'll yell out to him and say, oh, we've just had a sale. You know, it's a, it's, you know, such a rewarding feeling, but just the generous act of sharing a post or commenting on a post makes a massive difference. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely do that, don't I, Brian? Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, you yell out at me. <laughs> I think the kids even realise, like, because the, there's a, you know, sort of a cha-ching on when a sale comes through. Um, I use Shopify and even the kids um, are aware of mm. that, so... Yeah, they, they're, they're part of it as well. Yeah, they're all part of it. They help. Sometimes sometimes there's a little bit of extra love on each of the packets. If there's a bit of, you know, stray sticky tape or something, that's just because the kids are helping me <laughs> pack the orders. Helpful Harry's. Mm. So I know I spoke a little about Meg at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to add a few more details. Meg is a wife, a mother to two gorgeous pre-teens, and prior to marrying and moving to a property in Western New South Wales, Meg was a high-level marketing executive. Meg started her business and has continued to provide first-class marketing support to rural and remote businesses from her property, and I have personally used her services to benefit my business. So, Meg, welcome and thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us on the podcast today. Meg, why don't we start by um, you giving us a little bit more background about your experience? Hi, Sarah, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm um, super excited to jump into all of this with you. I think it's a it's going to be a great discussion because I know we both like to have a good chat. We do like to have a good chat. We can chat the pair of us. So my experience has been, I suppose, quite broad and varied and it started sort of working in a small business with an amazing mentor who I suppose he really set me on my path for a bit of a passion for business and marketing. And then um, down the track, I've been, I ended up going to Sydney and working in financial services in marketing and really honed in a lot of fabulous skills there. Married, as you said, and moved to the farm. So I really was not the perfect farm wife. I'm not great at baking. I can't drive a tractor. Well, let's put it this way. I don't need me to drive a tractor. <laughs> so I decided I needed to build something for myself and that's marketing directive. That's amazing. And Meg, can you explain to our listeners where you're based? Just so they get an idea of how rural you really are. Sure. I'm based in regional New South Wales, um, approximately 650 kilometres northwest of Sydney. I'm on a property out of a small town called Warren. I live about 37 k's out of town. And, you know, to give you a little bit more context, it's it's over 100 kilometres away from Dubbo. So it's, it's quite remote, but I'd prefer to just say I'm regional. And Meg, I always like to ask our guests, what's your why? Why I know we've ta- you've talked about the fact that your um, family don't need you to drive a tractor, but why did you start Marketing Directive? Well, it's really just 
the culmination of appreciating that it doesn't matter where you're located. Um, ultimately, you can be doing whatever you love. Pretty much 10 years ago, I was already operating a remote business. I was doing things via Zoom. Um, I was having meetings over the phone. I was uh, finding the opportunity to be able to connect with people, which is something I pretty much need in my life, in a business format. And it became quite apparent that there's a lot of people who've got some amazing ideas, such as yourself, Sarah, that really just want to bring things to life and just need a little bit of direction as to how they're going to get all of those marketing levers all lined up in a row. Yeah, that's so good. And you have helped me so, so much when I was first starting out. Now, Meg, recently parts of regional New South Wales have been placed under strict stay-at-home orders, and at the time of recording this chat, the whole state of New South Wales has been in lockdown for, I think it's around 24 days, and you know how I know that is because of the reels coming from the Kalai Hotel um, that you have shared, which are hilarious, by the way. Oh, yes, oh. it's a good reminder of how many days you are in. The Kalai Pub is our local pub, and um, I love how both Tom and Emily, and they've dragged Eliza in there as well, have just made light of a great situation. And I think it also gives us a great perspective of life as a publican. I, I sort of sit there and as I'm watching them think, oh my God, yeah, that's exactly how we all behave when we go to the pub. Oh, they are so, so funny. So shout out to the Collar Hotel. They'll be on my list of places to visit when the uh, world reopens. But Meg, I guess what effect have these lockdowns had on your business and your ability to serve your clients? Well, honestly, it hasn't really had a big effect on our business. We, as I mentioned before, uh, work remotely with all of our clients. Um, For instance, we've got clients up in the Northern Territory. We've got clients throughout regional Victoria and Melbourne. Um, They've all been faced with you know, greater lockdown structures than us, but we're still working. It's over the phone. It's with Zoom. I I probably have been checking in with people a lot more regularly. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's for my own mental health or theirs, but um, that seems to have had a, a good impact. And I suppose the only aspect that has changed is the fact that I just can't meet our local clients on a more regular face-to-face structure. We tend to get together in Dubbo. There's a an amazing um, resource there or co-working space called The Exchange. And quite often um, I'll use that as a central point to, to catch up with clients. So actually, I, you know what, in thinking about it and where I'm sitting right now in my car in town, we do have a pretty major issue and that's our internet and our Wi-Fi access. Oh my goodness, I I resonate with that so much because the rural internet is, you know, it's just rubbish. Um, in my family, my father has actually been bitten by a snake on our property and, you know, that always sits in my mind because what happens if one day we can't ring the, the rescue chopper? It just, you know, it just blows my mind to think that there's so many people working, I guess, in a dangerous environment, and they may not have access to services when they really need them. Absolutely, Sarah. And I think I know a number of people who've got, you know, school children at home at the moment during this lockdown and this pandemic. And it's really difficult when, you know, you've got kids home from school in Sydney or in a metropolitan area 
and it's assumed that everything will work, but it doesn't necessarily work. So yeah, that would be that would be the biggest challenge I've faced. Everything slows down. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But I think, you know, the way that you've set your business up from the start, you know, operating from a remote location and servicing clients all over Australia, you probably already had a few tricks in your bag of how to handle the distance um, and the isolation before this whole thing came along. Have you been able to share any of those tips and tricks with your clients? I think that's one great advantage, as you mentioned, of just being a completely remote business is um, our clients were used to working that way. So it's really just been a a great situation that they've been, I, I know one particular client said, oh, well, if you hadn't dragged me down this path of being comfortable in Zoom meetings, I I." You know, I wouldn't have been as prepared as I am now for living life and every meeting being via Zoom. So there's, you know, there's some great things that have come out of it. Um, You know, I think that uh, Zoom is great, but I've also switched over now to doing um, Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Teams doesn't have a timing restriction, which for someone who chats like me and loves to get passionate about talking business, it, it makes that a little bit more flexible as well. Yes, we use Teams in my my other life, my engineering job. And I was saying to someone the other day that I was a little scared about Teams to start off with because I feel like it became popular when I was out on maternity leave and I didn't know how to use it. But now that I'm really learning how to use it, it is such a good tool. Yep, absolutely. So Meg, do you have any tips for service-based businesses, things that can make it easier for them? I suppose... Um, you know, product-based businesses have always got their products to show, but service-based businesses, how can they be putting themselves out there during this time? Well, I think you're exactly right. It's easier to, you know, get onto Instagram and promote your products by having, you know, shots of your products. And I think something from a service-based business that um, I've been working through with, um, with Lucy, who works with me, is to really put some personalization to our brand it's not always easy to be jumping on there going hi I'm back again here's my face again but you really have to keep going down that path people want to have a connection so if you're not in a product-based business where you've got those items to be attracting people you need to have you know photos or you need to be able to explain where you are, what you're doing and really give some life to your brand. So it becomes a more human aspect, which for me, I'm sure people who know me will be laughing at this, but for me, I do find that a bit difficult and a bit confronting. Um, So having Lucy help me out with pulling together that stuff and doing it together makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking about this with um, Jen Donovan in a previous Uh, podcast episode that I think that it's important for people to understand that it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, 50 followers or 50,000 followers, everybody struggles with getting in front of the camera sometimes or coming up with content to share. But really, you're exactly right. You need to have that connection um, and to create your little community. And it's interesting. I think people have made some comments to me just recently about how busy I must be and they're seeing all the activity that's going on on my feed. And I sort of sit there and think, well, I am busy and I'm glad you think I'm really busy, but I'm also doing it in a, 
in a manner that keeps activity going and it's not too forced. I think that that's also a hard thing when you're a service based business. You can sort of do too much and then people are like, oh, I don't really relate to this person. And that's the element. It has to be personable, relatable, and I think very authentic. Yeah. Yeah. You do a good job with that. You're a very authentic person, Meg. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Oh. And um, Meg, what do you think people can do to, to support businesses in this time? Well, I think it's really about just keeping online, tagging businesses in that you, you think are doing great job. I know we do a Thursday Inspirations and we pretty much between Lucy and I go through our feed and find great brands that we we really think fit that, you know, authentic and quality approach. We've either bought from them or we just love following them. The bigger shout outs you can give to everybody. I think that working in a regional business, I know the value of people supporting each other and simple collaborations. People hear collaborations and think it has to be a big thing, but it doesn't really. Just even mentioning another person's brand or supporting what they're doing, it might be a cause they're involved in, anything to keep some energy moving and keep things alive, um, I think all helps, particularly when the algorithms change so quickly and all the fundamentals are there. If we can just keep each other going, I think is a is a good focus. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And with West of the Waves, my business, speaking from a really personal perspective, every person that likes my posts or every person that comments on my posts or shares something, I'm so appreciative of that because realistically, that is a form of income for my family. And if somebody is, um, you know, sharing the thing that brings income to my family. I couldn't be more appreciative. It doesn't actually have to be, I mean, it's great. It's amazing. And I do a little happy dance whenever a purchase comes through, but just sharing the act of sharing or telling somebody about my brand is so appreciated by me because, you know, that that's what I'm doing to provide for my family. Absolutely. And you just have to look at initiatives that have started off by doing this, you know, like Tori, who I know you've spoken to, to before on another podcast at the small business community, like here is somebody who is busy enough in life as it is and just feels the urge to be able to do a bit more for people out there. And, you know, as you said, that happy dance must be great for for her in particular, but for others doing the same sort of thing where they're really just about being supportive and engaging with everybody around them. Oh yeah, she's she has done such an amazing job and so have you. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> and um Meg, can you give us your best small business hack? I often ask small business owners this for the listeners, but also just for myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I, I do you mind if I have two? No, of course not. I've just been going through a bit of a spring clean in my business. I don't know what it is, but it wasn't enough to clean out all my cupboards and get everything organized in my house. I had to do it on my business as well. So automations is a massive thing. And I suppose that comes from everything of people signing up on your website through to how your accounting and your invoicing approach is working and having all of that integrated And my second piece would be, 
of course, to have your digital marketing strategy down pat. These days, you just can't run a successful business without an online presence, I don't think. You need to make sure you've got your goals set, your target audience has been selected, your social media is planned and a big thing, and I must say in my business, I'm putting a bigger emphasis on this, is to really get your message out there and tap into some PR opportunities. Yes, yeah. So there's probably three there, sorry. Oh, no, don't be sorry. That is so awesome. And Meg, if people are looking for you, if they want to find you, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Um, You can find me on our website, which is marketingdirective.co, or that is our handle for Instagram, and we are also on LinkedIn. Oh, that's so amazing. I hope everybody reaches out to Meg because, honestly, even just the little audit that you did with me when we very first connected was so valuable. Some of the little things that you, with your experience, knew to look for. At that point, I didn't have my email down as info at West of the Wave. So just that professionalism of getting my business name into my email when I had very first started and was quite small, I hadn't done that. And there was you know, probably 10 little things like that, that you gave me um, as points that I could check off my list. And I found that so, so valuable. So if anybody's looking for a little bit of a an audit on their business, just make sure you reach out to me. Thanks, Sarah. No, and that makes it quite rewarding for me too, to, you know, just have little tweaks and be game changers for business. It doesn't always have to be the big stuff. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the personal touch that you have makes it really easy for someone who's just starting out with their business to actually connect with you because they're not worried about the language or um, not understanding something. You help them and guide them and give them actual actions that they, you know, things that they can do to make a real difference without them feeling that they don't know what they're doing or um, that they're not professional enough. Like it's a, a nice personal touch that you give that allows people to make a difference in their business. And Sarah, that's probably comes to the point of my business. A lot of people have supported me to get to where I am in my career. And part of what I do is about not just giving you some direction on little tips and tricks and hacks and things like that, but actually showing you that you can do things yourself as well. Once you understand the concepts or you understand how to execute it, then you know, you are also becoming empowered to run the marketing angle. And for for me, that's that's sort of, it's one of my greatest moments and sort of saddest on the other side that when I get to points with clients where they're like, you know what, Meg, I, I'm good. I know exactly what I need to do now. I'm ready. I have my plan in place. I know what I've got to action. And uh, yeah, I don't need you anymore. It's, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because it's, it's like being the proud parent where your child's off to school. You know that you've given them everything they need to go forward and do it themselves. So Meg, gosh, thank you so, so much for everything you've shared with us today. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Sarah, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and I haven't looked at the time but I'm sure we've um, given people plenty to take away and listen and hopefully they're enjoying the rest of your podcast series as well.
Okay, everyone. It's everyone's favorite time of the week. Wrap up, snap quiz. Oh, tone it back a bit. <laughs> if we can get some little information back, whether you like my enthusiasm about this or not, I would like it. Just send a little... Uh, little chat on west of the waves and us yeah well you can send it to west of the waves but i also have um set up a group a group chat on the coax australia facebook page and you are more than welcome to jump on and join that group and join in the conversation and let us know what you're liking about the podcast you know you can tell us if you've got someone that you think might be a great guest for us we would love to hear you and that's going to be coming straight to brian and i so um, we'll be sure to get back to your comments yes we will um so yeah i've got a few people i want to want to bring on to do it so we'll um they're a little bit out there out there characters one fella's a chopper pilot. A, a pl- he's now got a new plane, which is a second-hand plane, but it's new. And he, he's been around a bit. He's done a bit of mustering up in Northern Territory. And he, he's uh, he's lived a different life. And it'll be good to get him on here and have a chat to him. Is this Uncle Lyle? That is Lyle, yes. Uh, Lyle's our um, next-door neighbour. And I would say that he's probably more like a brother, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good lad. We'll get him on and have a chat. And we do love Uncle Lyle. And we've got a couple other people that have done some things. We've got a, a good friend of ours that's uh, doing some motorbike tours up uh, over the Cape. Oh, Cuzzy. Yeah, Cousington, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be good to hear some of his little adventures uh, and have a chat to him as well. I actually think we're going to have to do another podcast to bring on Uncle Lyle and Cuzzo. I think that's going to have to go under the Crab Oz. Alrighty, wrap up, snap, quiz. I'm going to ask you a few questions. I need you just to... Short, simple answers. I'll try. Yep. If uh, if you get a little bit wound up, I'll try and wrap you up and we'll be, we should be right. All right. Question number one, people. Does a lockdown in another state affect our business? Yes. Yep, 100%. How and how much? Well, whenever a lockdown is announced um, in... New South Wales, say, for example, New South Wales is traditionally over the course of my whole business has been the state where I send the most orders. Yep. And I can confidently say in the month of what what month has just gone? July. Um, it was the sales from New South Wales have totally dropped. There have definitely been sales going into New South Wales, but I think that I could I could produce data to show um, the actual drop-off. It's normally easily the state where I send the most parcels, and I would say in the month of July it would be close to the bottom. Yeah, that's not very good. Does the lockdown have an effect on your ability to get stock? Yeah, it does. It um, it really does. I uh, use a – so for West of the Waves, I design and manufacture my own linen range, which is made in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably a good one because there's been so many lockdowns down in Melbourne. But every time that there's a lockdown, parcels sit um, in depots, um, you know, trucks get stopped at the borders, all of that sort of thing. So what usually could take a week for a courier or, you know, three to three to five days for a courier yeah. can take, you know, two weeks, double the time. I also do... With my um, with my jewellery, I have a couple of artisans that I've worked with for years in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and that is probably where I see the biggest delays. Is that even when I order some of the stock 
to make my own jewellery, I order some of the gold and whatever from overseas and normally that would sort of take a week or two for those parcels to get here. And what I notice now is that it will go, um, you know, to the overseas depot, sit yeah. at the airport. Um, it will have cleared customs and then it will sit there. And it has sat there for weeks, yeah. like like four to six weeks. And there is not a thing you can do about it. Nope. They're just waiting for planes to be able to get those supplies into Australia. And I probably think that... At this time of year now, coming in to the end of the year and towards Christmas, when there's a lot more parcels, um, that's only going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I sort of um, asked a few questions about this because it's involved in my work. And what used to happen was um, air freight items would be packaged onto passenger planes. And because there's not so many passenger planes, the, the parts can't come over on, on those planes. So, they're just waiting for the actual transport planes, and there's only so many transport planes out there. Oh, exactly. There's a backlog. Hmm. All right. Have you learned anything from the lockdowns that can help your business or other business to to work smoother in this? I think I have. I think that I've used my time well. Wisely, you would say. <laughs> Wisely. I have worked on streamlining my reporting process. Um, I've worked on streamlining my shipping process, we have gone to contactless delivery. We have set up like a packing station in my office. I've really tried to <laughs> Brian's looking around. As if, if you to, could actually see this office, I don't think you'd call it a packing station. Look up there. So I've really tried to. I still can't see the packing station. <laughs> I've worked on increasing the number of pop up shops that I'm doing because I feel like people are enjoying having experiences um, and shopping in person. That's not really something I was able to do before with the two little kids, but I am definitely working on that. I've made some changes to my website. I just think that that whilst the orders are still coming in the business is still you know generating cash flow we're still profitable i am just trying to use this time the best that i can to make sure that in the future things are as streamlined as possible because i think we really just need to make sure that you know we're doing everything as quickly as we can we're doing everything as smoothly as we can because when it all comes back online it's going to be busy definitely i'm really positive about the future if, if my business has been able to continue to run and continue to grow during a global pandemic, when things start to come back online and we start to return back to some sense of normality, mm -hmm. I think that the growth is going to continue and it's probably going to continue at a faster rate and I yep. need to be ready for that. So what I'm doing is I'm using this time um, to be ready for when that explosion happens yeah. i'm very positive about the future very positive yeah thanks for listening to all things small biz you can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the coax australia facebook and instagram pages that's coax c-o-a-x we'd love you to follow our social media pages or you can jump onto the website www.coaxaustralia.com thanks so much for listening